0: 7:00 a.m. the zone from her mouth to the field's ears this is the midwest farm report with pam yonke
1: little light rainfall in the madison area to start us off on a tuesday morning hello everybody fabulous farm babe pam yonke tickled you're joining us to talk about weather and what's happening in Wisconsin agriculture. Today, it looks like it's going to be very warm. Partly cloudy skies, a little rain this morning, 68 are expected high. Tomorrow, just the opposite, sunny but windy, 28 the expected high on Wednesday. Thursday, sunshine and 47. Friday, partly cloudy, 51. Sunshine returns on Saturday, 61 degrees. Stumacher, Ag Meteorologist on the way this morning with weather details. Also on the way, John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. Markets right now in Chicago are trending stronger. Keep an eye on that. And also, tomorrow is the beginning of enrollment for the Dairy Margin Coverage Program for our Wisconsin dairy producers. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. Protect our farms. It's an anthem that's being brought up down at the state capitol. Outside ordinances, outside of our borders, could actually dictate how Wisconsin farmers handle their business. That's not something we want. We've got all the details on the way.
3: Farm Bureau offers such diverse and creative ideas for the agriculture industry and being a dairy farmer, I feel like I fit in and can grow personally and professionally. I was actually just recently nominated and selected as a finalist for the 35 Under 35 program and to be recognized as a young female in agriculture is truly special.
2: WFBF.com
3: A voice for farmers, a vision for agriculture, Wisconsin
0: Farm Bureau.
4: If you're like me, then these unseasonably warm temperatures have thrown a wrench in your winter plans. But they've also kept agriculture on its toes. I'm Stephanie Hoff from the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison. Temperature fluctuations can pose challenges for the potato crop, both when it's in the ground and right now while those spuds are in storage. Agronomist Mike Kopis with Waisaki Family of Companies in the Central Sands says the forecast dictates the survival rate of pests and diseases over the winter. It also influences the quality of potatoes in storage. He surprised me with just how much monitoring they have to do with those stored tubers.
5: We've struggled a little bit because we want things to be stored at about 40 degrees. And so when you have temperatures above 40, uh, we have to keep the doors closed. And so the potatoes can't get fresh air then. And so that becomes a challenge. Now we have had cool nights, and so it, it hasn't impacted us as much as if we had a very cold winter. So if when we have a very cold winter, we can't let the really cold air into the storages, and so we have to we have to minimize the amount of time, and which means we don't get oxygen into the potatoes. And the potatoes are alive, they're they're living and breathing, and so they need oxygen just like we do. If it's real cold, we have to shut that off. If it's real warm, we can't allow the piles to, to warm up, and so that causes that them to uh, uh, go downhill in terms of uh, the quality and and some of the diseases it favors when they warm up. So we want to hold them at that 40 degree temperature for fresh market as long as we possibly can because we have to pack potatoes all the way out to the first of August. And so they have to be pretty cold, even going into the summer months, so that we can retain that cold and, and keep them from sprouting and, and keep delivering to the packing sheds in the stores.
4: So for folks who have potatoes maybe stored in their basements or, or something, you know, from the grocery store, can you give us a visual comparison of what might be happening to a potato in warm weather, as if it was happening like in someone's home? Like, what does that look like?
5: In somebody's home, you're obviously at like room temperature, you're probably above sixty degrees, maybe you have them in the basement where it's a little cooler. Um, but it really comes down to uh, when in the season it, it, it is. And so when, they, when we harvest the potatoes in the fall, th- they still have dormancy. They're, they're dormant, they're not gonna grow. Um, but then once you get into this time of year, January and February, uh, those potatoes are looking forward to the new season and so they wanna grow. And so they're ready and prepared and so they need signals. They need warmth, they need light, some of those kind of things are telling them, hey, it's time to grow. And so when you have those in a home setting, those are the things we're trying to minimize in a storage. we want to keep it dark and cold. And so the, th- the best thing you can do at home is keep them dark and cold, really. And, and uh, you're not going to change the, the path of biology. They're, they're still going to do that. And so maybe as you get further out, uh, it's a little harder to do that. But eventually, yeah, they're, they're going to grow. And so it's just about keeping that at bay as long as you can.
4: So warm weather could be problematic. What about really cold weather? Like when we had that week of you know below zero temperatures, does that ever become problematic if we see that again?
5: It does become problematic if it's an extended period of time. That was only like seven days that we had of cold weather. And so we were still able to open the doors enough and get fresh air into those piles what really comes to bear is when we have two, three, four weeks of extended cold weather where we have to add heat to the piles to keep them at that 40 degree temperature or we have to get CO2 because they're breathing get the CO2 out of the systems that means we have the doors open that means cold air is getting in and we can't risk freezing those potatoes and it's even more so for uh, outside of fresh market when you get into processed varieties for potato chips whether it be for french fries those we have to store even warmer than 40 so in some cases uh, uh, potato chips have to store at 50 or 52 degrees Well, that presents even more challenges. Um, And then the other thing is, is as you add heat, you also have heaters that are adding carbon dioxide to the pile. So you're supplementing even more because you're having to warm the pile. So there's a number of challenges that come with long extended periods of cold temperatures.
4: How advanced is a uh, potato storage facility? You talk about uh, opening and closing doors, but is it more advanced than that? Is it a ventilation system?
5: Oh, yeah, there's 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 very advanced in terms of ventilation systems. Uh, typically, we pile potatoes to about f- anywhere between 14 and 18 feet in height. And so there's you have to push air up through. Uh, a lot of our systems have pipes or culverts that have holes in them that we push air through those culverts. Uh, now, the new technology has gone to uh, air floors. It's almost like you see in grain bins, uh, where you push air through a slotted floor, and then the, the air pushes up through the pile. And so that's how we're managing the air within the piles in those new storages. And the other thing is, is we used to be all manually driven. If you had to go and, and do something in the potato storage, you had to go and physically do it by hand. Now I do it all from my phone. And, and so and the the bins themselves, Uh, are loaded with sensors that are telling us the the metrics of the pile, like what's the pile doing, how it's behaving, uh, so we can track oxygen, CO2, temperature, all those different things are real-time on our phone so that we can respond to them. So the management is, is much more involved than it was when we were doing it by hand.
4: I do have a question about uh, some of the disease and pest pressure that you did or didn't see last year, maybe it was weather related, and how that's going to impact what you see in 2024 and some of the advice you're giving, not only to the Waisaki family of companies, but the other growers that you're working with. What do you expect?
5: Well, last year we didn't have a lot of uh, pest pressure and we didn't have a lot of disease pressure. That's another thing that that happened with the dry year that we had. Typically we're spraying fungicides as early as the middle of June. Uh, This last year uh, it was probably more like the early or or middle part of July before some of those fungicides went out. And at the end of the year, uh, we also stopped in some cases three weeks earlier than we normally would. So We weren't having to manage those diseases. And the same thing goes for the pests. We didn't have a lot of big thunderstorms. And usually, when we have weather fronts and thunderstorms that come in, they bring aphids and and different vectors of of diseases up with those thunderstorms. So we didn't have that. And so we didn't have a lot of the pest pressures that we've had in the past. There are pests that are here. uh, And so that's maybe the lead into this year is that the warm winter will. undoubtedly bring us more pest pressure this coming year because we haven't had the cold temperatures and it's not necessarily the very cold temperatures it's the dryness of of cold temperatures and that's typically what impacts those insect populations haven't had that this year so we're expecting a a probably pretty bad year when it comes to some of these pests because they're not going to have uh the losses over the winter they would normally have in a typical wisconsin winter
4: Wacky winter temperatures. They can be a problem for those stored potatoes that need to make their way to you in the grocery store. And it's an issue for the seed potatoes that will go into the ground this spring. Mike Kopis, along with us, he's a senior agronomist with the Waisaki family of companies growing spuds in the central sands. From the southern end of the world's longest barn in Madison, I'm Stephanie Hoff.
0: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
4: There goes Pam Yankee across Wisconsin
6: in her suburban truck. Thanks to our equipment located in Dodgeville. Check out the affordable, efficient, versatile tractor line at our equipment and ask for Mr. Versatile, Chump Gill. Keep up with Pam and the entire team at MidwestFarmReport.com, on Facebook at Fabulous Farm Babe, on Instagram at Fab Farm Babe, or by downloading the Midwest Farm Report app. You're
4: tired. Hi, it's Tori DeVito. In every family, small conversations can make a big impact. I grew up on tour with my parents, kind of different, but we bonded over music just like other families do over sports, camping, or other interests. And we talked, little everyday conversations from silly to serious that built a foundation over time, honest conversations, like when my dad shared his experiences as an alcoholic. Your honesty about that part of your life gave me a sense of integrity that I wanted to uphold in my own life. And I was so grateful that you and mom had become these sober, stable people who were always there for me.
0: I wanted you to know from someone who's been in recovery more than 30 years now that hard work is what creates success. Not alcohol or other drugs, whether it's music or anything else. I said it a lot, and I'm glad you took it to heart.
7: Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with your kids about underage use of alcohol and other drugs, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov.
0: Every time you saw her, she pinched your right cheek. She gave you a peppermint candy and that special wink. You loved Aunt Gladys, but now the boxes of precious moments, stacks of encyclopedias, and heavy, outdated furniture is making you crazy. At Two Men in a Junk Truck, we don't just remove junk. We restore your sanity. Experience the calm after the clutter. Visit two men a junk truck.com today for your free estimate. Keep what you love, ditch what you don't. Hang on to your tractors. Here's another update. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Well, I've
1: got a little light sprinkle activity here at the studios in Madison. What about you in your backyard? You can always go ahead and chat with me if you'd like. Use our talk text line. That's 877-301-FARM, 877-301-3276. I'll tell you what, down at the state capitol, there is an anthem building called Protect Our Farms Act. The Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation, along with several Wisconsin commodity groups, are introducing this legislation to try to block local governments from implementing stricter rules than the state imposes when it comes to animal care. Jason Mungnaini, Executive Director of Government Affairs for the Farm Bureau Federation, explains. This really all
6: stems back to California's Prop 12 uh, law that was enacted Back in 2018, and you know, through the court process, the U.S. Supreme Court actually upheld California's right to enact their own animal ag standards as it relates to pork and veal and egg
5: products. But the result of that is because California is a net importer, they're actually enacting those standards on producers from other states. What I'm concerned about here in Wisconsin is those types of standards being enacted at a local level and creating a total patchwork of regulatory circumstances for Wisconsin's livestock operations, for our dairy
6: industry.
1: Jason Mung-Naini, Executive Director of Government Affairs for the Wisconsin Farm Bureau Federation talking about this Protect Our Farms Act that they're moving down at the state capitol. Producers say that uh, trying to farm by other states' rules is flat out impossible and it's also expensive. One of those that's watching the situation, A.J. Roth, past president of the Wisconsin Pork Association, past president of the National Pork Board, he said he is looking at making some changes on his Crawford County farm to maybe be able to sell pork into California, but he says one state is one situation. You start seeing other states add laws like this, and then it becomes impossible.
2: If I'm getting ordinance put on me by someone that never deals with the farm animals at all, I think that's wrong. If they're coming forward and they deal with this on a daily basis, like if we have a bunch of farmers got together and said, in this township, we don't want to have this certain practices, then that's fine with me. So I understand constituents out there and come and talk to their their board, their township board, or their county board, and they want to put something together, but it should be from the people that are at stake with that ordinance, not by someone else.
1: A.J. Roth, again, pork producer from Crawford County, sharing with us his perspective on what it's like to try to farm with all this patchwork of dictums coming your way. So we'll keep an eye on what's happening with Protect Our Farms Act, just recently introduced down at the state capitol. Well, it's time for me to introduce him again to you on a Tuesday morning, Stumach Ag Meteorologist along with us. Man, did I make a a very poor wardrobe choice this morning. I'm wearing long sleeves, and holy spud, you walk outside this morning, there's no need for long sleeves right now. No,
8: not right now, and it's going to be a pretty mild day, but believe it or not, it's kind of shifted, Pam. I mean, yesterday, record high temperatures Mm -hmm. at uh, Madison and La Crosse, 67 degrees, cooler at the lake. Milwaukee only hit 54. Oh, wow. Now, today, it's going to be different. The east gets the warmth, and the west, La Crosse, going to be just a little bit cooler. Now, that has to do with the approach of a front, a cool front that's just trying to edge into far western Wisconsin. Behind that boundary, there is snow north-central, far northwest Minnesota, from eastern North Dakota to southwest South Dakota, not very heavy. Grand Forks seeing a little measurable snow right now on the North Dakota-Minnesota border. In terms of Wisconsin, most of us aren't going to talk about that kind of activity. But a mild day today, that cool front pushes through. When it passes, you'll know that winds become northwest, and that's going to let that cooler air build in. We'll all see a little snow, I expect, for most of us toward tonight or maybe late afternoon in the west. And it may start first as rain, then mix with change over to snow. A brief period of freezing rain could mix in there, too, but it's not going to amount to much Far in the north is where snow will really accumulate for the rest of us. A little sloppy wet stuff that gets really crispy by early tomorrow. The good news, it's short-lived. In fact, sunshine returns later tomorrow. And with the sunshine, we're back above freezing by Thursday and Friday. So we melt off whatever we run into tonight and early Wednesday. But late tonight, early Wednesday could be the worst if you're going to be out in the road or trying to get something done outside. I'll have forecast details right after this.
6: There goes Pam Yankee across Wisconsin in her suburban truck. Thanks to Blaine's Farm and Fleet, the original, authentic, still family-owned since 1955. And from Farm First Dairy Cooperative, serving dairy farmers across the Midwest since 2013. Farm First Dairy Cooperative, member-focused, member-driven, member-led. Keep up with Pam at MidwestFarmReport.com and on Facebook at Fabulous Farm Babe, on Instagram at FabFarmBabe, or by downloading the Midwest Farm Report app.
1: We're exploring farming in the last frontier, Alaska. Come and join us. Hi, everyone. I'm Pam Yankee. The date's August 22nd through September 1st. We'll visit a variety of Alaska farms, including a private boat excursion to experience a shrimping operation. Of course, you'll get all the majestic scenery and impressive wildlife along the way. Visit HolidayVacations.com, keyword Pam, for more information and to watch a travel video or call 888 888- 557 5, 1020 today. All right. Uh, I see that uh, despite the dry weather in Wisconsin, the biners still happened over the weekend. That's kind of a shock to me. I would have thought they had to scrap it this year.
8: They protected that snow with their
1: lives. <laughs> well, now they're going to get more from the sounds of it.
8: A little bit up there. Yeah. They'll get a little bit more out of this, a couple of inches possible, but for the rest of us, not quite that way. In fact, today we'll talk about some sun, but the clouds build in and expect then along with the clouds, especially in the West. Maybe even in the south central, a little light rain or a sprinkle or something here by later today. Not going to be a big event yet today. It could be in the 60s in the west, 70 or so in the south and east, really warming up. And south winds today, 5 to 10, even more gusty in the afternoon, overnight for most of us. Cloudy skies, rain could mix with, change to snow. Maybe a brief instance of some freezing rain as temperatures drop into the teens. Yes, from almost 70 today to teens tonight, Northwest winds a good 10 to 20, gusting to 35, really adding to the chill. And then tomorrow, some morning clouds clearing out a cool day. Mid-20s for most of us, with the northwest winds gusting to 30 and 35. And by Thursday, sunny a little better in the 40s, mid-40s. And winds return to the south, gusting near 30. Maybe a half inch to an inch of slop, Pam, that falls tonight and freezes. Real crusty tomorrow morning.
1: So we'll have to be a little careful whether you're walking or driving, hey.
8: Yeah, you're going to find those spots where it froze on and isn't very nice, but by Thursday it's gone.
1: Mm-hmm. All right. Very good. You're going to be gone now. I'll catch you tomorrow. All right. See you then. Stu Mocker, Ag Meteorologist, with your weather update.
0: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke.
6: The most common form of treatment for the arthritic joints is normally cortisone injections and gel shots and over-the-counter medications. And most patients have tried all of that and are still in pain. Every day, Dr. Aaron Wolkoff, a QC Kinetics medical director, meets patients who have exhausted every method to get relief. They've been told surgery is their only option. They want to stay away from that path and they come to us almost as the last hope. So we're using our own body's properties to to help manage pain to help slow arthritis down keep the patient active with no downtime and getting back to what they enjoy doing i mean i love what i do qc kinetics regenerative treatments from our board certified providers help heal and restore aching joints no surgery harmful drugs or downtime call for your free consultation today
7: call qc kinetics 608-319-1750 that's 608-319-1750 608-319-1750
3: Farm Bureau offers such diverse and creative ideas for the agriculture industry and being a dairy farmer, I feel like I fit in and can grow personally and professionally. I was actually just recently nominated and selected as a finalist for the 35 Under 35 program and to be recognized as a young female in agriculture is truly really special.
2: WFBF.com
0: A voice for farmers A vision for animals.
4: Wisconsin
0: Farm Bureau. Innovation.
4: Innovation. That's BioVet.
6: We know you work hard every day to keep your livestock healthy and run an efficient operation because there's no such thing as a snow day. Take time this winter and consider BioVet, your trusted partner in helping you raise stronger, healthier animals and to protect your bottom line. The knowledge and support from our team can help you make the difference in keeping your livestock healthy. Call 1-800-BIOVet1 or visit bio-vet.com.
7: Innovation, that's why I'm Will Sweeta. As
6: an engineer, we look for precision, quality, technical expertise, and products that solve long-term problems. It's what we do at Swita Metal Roofing.
1: Contact us about our eco-friendly and sustainable roofing.
6: I'm Mike, Will,
1: and Mary Sweeta. Enjoy the long-lasting, architectural strength and beauty of a Swita Metal Roof.
9: S-W-I-T-A, metalroofing.com.
1: Swita Metal Roof
9: you'll ever need You know Ignite Glass & Gifts three locations in Madison but you can also shop IgniteGlassAndGifts.com You'll find grinders, lighters, collectibles hand-blown glass water pipes artistically designed jewelry and plenty of other items delivered straight to your door or to family and friends Madison's favorite for glass gifts and vape Ignite Glass & Gifts Monona Drive, Williamson Street and Odana Road Plus, IgniteGlassAndGifts.com.
6: Over four decades of turning customers into loyal friends, and the reason is simple.
8: Here at Denny's Jewelers, we make jewelry shopping easy, relaxing, and because we have something for everyone.
6: Hand-selected diamonds and gemstones.
1: Custom design, appraisals, fashion jewelry, watches, repair, and even jewelry restoration.
6: Stop by and allow us to turn you into our next true
3: friend.
4: I didn't ask to be thrown in the streets with nowhere to go. I I didn't think I'd survive, but I did ask for help, and Covenant House was there for me.
6: 1 in 10 young adults will experience a form of homelessness this year. For these kids who didn't ask to be put in this unthinkable situation, Covenant House is there.
4: Covenant House helped me break the cycle of homelessness in my family. They gave me the love that I needed.
6: Over 2,000 young people will sleep safely in a Covenant House bed tonight. When youth who are experiencing homelessness have a hot meal, a safe place to sleep, medical care, and love, they can overcome heartbreaking challenges and have a brighter future.
4: They just really genuinely just wanted to help me succeed, and I'm succeeding. I'm a, I'm a speaker, I'm an author. Covenant House really helped me and really helped mold me into the woman I am today.
6: If you or someone you love is asking for help, go to safeplacetosleep.org today.
0: You can have a great looking floor without sacrificing your next vacation. At Wiseway Flooring, there's always up to 50% off select in-stock products. It's a perfect solution for you to save on your flooring project. I'm Mike Yenser at Wiseway Flooring, inviting you to visit our showroom in Watertown, Lake Mills, and Econom Walk. See how our in-stock products might be the right thing for you. Commercial or residential, the wise have it. Log on to ineedflooringnow.com.
7: And now a break from the farm report with Pam Yonke for a sports report. All star break over in the NBA. Milwaukee Bucks beat the number one team in the West, the Timberwolves, on Friday. Nice way to start the All Star after the All Star break, the second half of the season of beating the T Wolves. It was on uh, uh, CVS. You could, you could watch it. A lot of people were hacked off that that their show Blue Bloods wasn't on. I didn't even heard of the show. I didn't know people still watched network television like that. But people were upset that the Bucks were on and not this show called Blue Bloods. I do not know what it's about. Apparently, Tom Selleck is a is a cop in it. It's been around for a long time, apparently. No idea the show existed. But got to watch the Bucks. Didn't care about Blue Bloods. Nice win over the T Wolves. Good to see. Defensively, uh, a juggernaut. The Milwaukee Bucks gave up what? Uh, 13 points in the third quarter to the T-Wolves. The defense just hammering down. And then you get uh, the return of Doc Rivers to Philadelphia. Doc Rivers, obviously, the coach of the Milwaukee Bucks now. Doc returns home, to his former team, the 76ers, to a chorus of boos. Boo this man. As Doc Rivers was fired from Philadelphia after the last season, coached the Sixers 2020-2023, to 2023, never got past that second round of the playoffs, right? trust the process well with the bucks now doc river's how much pressure does he have after replacing adrian griffin it wasn't going that good they were 3 and 7 in the all-star break now they take down the t wolves and yesterday they beat the 76ers 119 98 doc river's talks about coming back to philadelphia said he a lot of uh you know made a lot of friends there had some good years there just life in general talking about how great the fan base was of the 76ers. Uh, has anyone ever described the Philadelphia's fan base for any sport as great? Hell, even their own players hate them. Doc Rivers, though talks on the homecoming kind of.
4: It was awesome. I mean, really like, listen, I had three good years uh, here and I'm not talking about basketball. I'm just talking about life. I, I enjoyed my, my stay here. Um, you know, I, I have made friends for life uh, from here. <laughs> Um, still come in and snuck in a couple times, got some golf in at the Billy Crooked. So, no, this was good. Fans were good. And somebody, there's a couple of hilarious comments, I will say that. Uh, one guy told me that Larry David is looking for me to golf. So I thought that was pretty funny. <laughs>
5: yeah,
7: I'd golf with Larry David. But yeah, Doc Rivers talking about, you know, a good feeling, especially because they won. And then after, uh, well, Bobby Portis was mic'd up during the game. And Bobby Portis was feeling himself because Bobby Portis had a good game. Hell, everyone on the Bucks. Had a pretty damn good game. Bobby Portis, while he was mic'd up, had this to say about the Bucks, real quick. Bucks starting to look like the Bucs again. Say that again? Bucks starting to look like the Bucs again. One more time? Bucks starting to look like the Bucks again. The Bucks are starting to look like the Bucs again. That is good to hear. Now, the 76ers are a little beat up. No Joel Embiid. It's more injuries. But, man, Bucks throttled them. As the Bucks. Uh, we we're talking defense right against the T Wolves, holding hold them to 13 points in the third quarter. While the Bucks held the 76ers to 16 points in the fourth. Good to see. And if Bobby Portis saying the Bucks are starting to look like the Bucks again. Giannis Antetokounmpo after the game. Was asked about it. Here you go, here's the Greek freak.
1: Bobby Fornis was also hooping and he was mic'd up and he said the Bucks are starting to look like the Bucks again. Where would you say this identity is for this team under Doc Rivers at this point?
10: We've got it we gotta keep on playing better. We gotta keep on building good habits and we just gotta keep on playing hard. I think the last two games we've played hard. And that's who we are. You know, uh when we don't play hard we don't look like the Bucks. So I think I think Bobby's right. In the last two games we've played hard.
3: Thanks for your time and coming down to my level, Giannis. I appreciate that.
10: You're welcome. <laughs> Back
0: to you, Dave. Didn't want you to have to stretch your arm too high, <laughs> so we do give Giannis some, some credit for
7: that. Yeah, the game was on ABC if you get to watch it, uh, which was nice when you can uh, have easy access to the box. Giannis was like, like it down, talking to the reporter. A uh, funny moment there. But uh, Giannis also talks you know, post game says the team brought the same effort in Philly as they did Friday night against the T-Wolves.
10: I'm just carrying over from the previous week we had against Minnesota. We came out, we played hard uh, in the first two, first quarters. uh in the third quarter we were a little bit sloppy we turned the ball over a lot of times, I think around six, eight times, you know, uh but going to the fourth quarter I think we did a best job just finding one another, uh, making the right plays offensively. Defensively, Brooke was right there. Brooke was there all, all night. They made the top threes, but whenever they drove in the paint we were we were jumping um, up clean and we gave the rebound, we were going the other way.
7: Yeah, Bucks were uh Bucks were inspired. They were playing like they wanted it, which is nice to see in the second half of the season. And now Back to the Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
0: She's sweeter than a glass of chocolate milk and louder than a morning rooster. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Yonke.
1: I say this weather is definitely something to crow about. Can you believe it's the 27th day of February? You wouldn't believe it if you look at this forecast. Today, we're going to have partly cloudy skies. 68 are expected high tomorrow. Uh, windy and colder, 28 are expected high. Thursday, sunshine and 47. Friday, partly cloudy, 51. Saturday, we're back up with sunshine and 61 degrees. Bam Yankee, really glad you're along with us. Right now in the Madison area, we're picking up just a little bit of precipitation. I want to remind you again, if you're getting rainfall, if you're getting snowfall, whatever weather conditions you're dealing with, we love to hear about it. Go ahead and use our talk text line whenever the notion strikes you. That number, 877-301-FARM. That's 877-301-3276. One of the other reasons why I want you to remember that number is beginning Friday, March 1st, we are partnering up with the National Weather Service to try to recruit citizen scientists. The National Weather Service really relies on you on the ground with a rain gauge to help them do better forecasting. And beginning March 1st is their annual campaign to recruit more citizen scientists that can report rainfall. You think about technology. Well, the catch is in a lot of Wisconsin, there is no technology to help us with on-the-ground rainfall reports. That's where you come in. So keep that number handy, 877-301-FARM, as we get ready to partner with the National Weather Service and get our rainfall recruiters rolling. So today is the 27th day of February. On this day back in 1904, the second state capitol in Madison burns to the ground. They said there was a generator that was turned off for the night, but somehow it managed to catch fire. About 2 in the morning, the night watchmen uh, discovered the basic flames, and at that time they couldn't do too much. So the second state capitol burns to the ground on this day, 1904. On this day in 1969, about a 1,000 students on the UW-Madison campus rampaged through nine campus buildings. They were protesting low black enrollment. Happened on this day back in 1969. And happy 94th birthday, Joanne Woodward. Now, Joanne Woodward is a actress on her own credentials, but she was also married to husband Paul Newman for more than 50 years. Joanne Woodward, 94 years young today, living with her family in Connecticut. Unfortunately, more than a decade ago, Joanne Woodward was also diagnosed with dementia, but they say she's still doing fine. Happy birthday. And now you know. Despite the weather that we're going to n- enjoy in the state of Wisconsin, there's still a lot of angst in farm com- country. Our commodity prices are not as strong as they were more than a year ago. Corn, soybeans, wheat, whatever you're growing, it's worth less in 2024. But the costs, of growing that crop, really haven't changed much. It's the same stress for our Wisconsin dairy producers. Their milk price is down more than $4 a hundredweight compared to just over a year ago. And again, cost of production stays about the same. Weather, take a look around the state of Wisconsin. We're deficit almost everywhere when it comes to rainfall, snowfall. These are the kinds of things that farmers can't shut off in their minds. And that's why farmers stand a tremendous risk of suicide. I talked about it with a gentleman that's going to be conducting a special training for farmers, families, and agribusiness people coming up on March 14th. His name, Dan Muxfeld, and he is a trainer with the Mental Health First Aid Group. It's part of the National Council for Mental Wellbeing. And he said people need to understand that farmers in particular are at a high risk for doing harm to themselves.
2: It's a real problem. Um... Farmer suicide is three and a half to five times more likely than the national average. And that goes right back to the kind of stressors that you were talking about. Uh, The overriding feeling of sadness or anxiety uh, can take people to some very difficult and scary places. And mental health first aid helps uh, everybody in the farm community to recognize changes in someone that could indicate that they're struggling with a mental health or substance use disorder.
1: Well, you make a good point that there are telltale signs that we might want to be mindful of. Uh, Sometimes, Dan, like I said, we can be standing in a group and somebody's kind of quiet or they just don't seem like they're quite uh, as engaged as normal. Give us a couple tidbits that we might want to think about, pay attention to, even at the outset of these conversations that could be the first signs.
2: Well, in addition to what you just mentioned, things that you would notice, One of the main things you'll notice is when they stop showing up. When they stop showing up at Farm Bureau meetings, at church, at any number of uh, places where you would expect to see them, that's something you need to be concerned about. Also, you should take note of what their farm looks like. When they stop enjoying farming because of the stress and the uh, difficulties, um, they just aren't Keeping things up the way they have. And it's a natural, natural thing to have happen. So if you notice changes where someone isn't there anymore or where um, the appearance of their farm is off, that's something to pay attention to. Also, just noting people's fatigue, um, noticing their um, really all of the things like weight and appetite change, things like that can make a difference, which is why it's so important to get. Farmers, neighbors, farm families to attend this training so they can get a clear understanding of what they're seeing.
1: Dan Muxfield, he is a trainer with Mental Health First Aid. Coming up on March 14th, they're holding a day long training session to recognize the sign of mental strain, mental stress, possible tendencies toward suicide. In not just farmers, but really anybody, it's a day-long training session, absolutely free. All they want you to do is show up. Runs from 8 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon at Mitt Farland's in Sauk City. Now, we've got details up on our website, MidwestFarmReport.com, or you can go to SaukPrairieHealthCare.org and get registered. SaukPrairieHealthCare.org. Again, Thursday, March 14th, day-long training. For mental health first aid at McFarland's in Sauk City, we've got John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us in just a moment. Yesterday in Chicago, the barrel cheese gained five and a half cents to one sixty-seven. Forty-pound block cheese was up four cents at one fifty-nine. Double A butter unchanged at two eighty-five a pound. This morning, Class Three March milk—that's the price that our Wisconsin dairy farmers get paid on—up four cents at seventeen sixty-two. April class three milks up six at 1806. This morning, December corn right now is up three at 460. November beans are up 12 at 1141. July wheat currently up a penny at 578 a bushel. This warmer weather has got all kinds of farmers thinking about all kinds of things they could be doing. Saw on social media yesterday that some farmers in south central, southwest Wisconsin have decided they're going to plant corn. Yep, just a couple acres as an experiment. I'm not surprised. There are also a lot of Wisconsin farmers that are kind of battling themselves. Do I put my livestock back out on pastures? Yes, it's early, but uh, the exercise is good. Problem is, will that pasture hold up? That's one of the questions that Joe Tomdall is asking himself. He's a dairy farmer in northern Wisconsin and executive director of the Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship. He had a chance to visit with our own charity, Seabekker, and talk technology that we're using in grazing today, including a mechanism called paddock track.
7: One of the key precision technologies that we'll use is the paddock track technology. And what paddock track does is it's an actual sonar that fits on the front of our four-wheeler. It basically talks to our iPhone, so it, it gets a geoposition kind of a reference and a timestamp on which paddock it's in. It's all plotted out on a computer ahead of time. So we're able to go through our fields once a week. It'll identify where it's at on the farm and how much grass is growing there. And at the end of this, it'll give us a complete grade. Wedge, So it'll basically line up each one of our paddocks and it'll tell us how much dry matter is in there.
1: There you go. More technology on the farm, this time called Paddock Track. That's Joe Tomdall. He is the executive director of Wisconsin's Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship. He and his wife, Christy, farm up in Medford. He is also the 2022 winner of the Leopold Conservation Award in Wisconsin, our Dairy Grazing Apprenticeship. Coming up next... Got to find out what's going on with these markets. Actually, they've rebounded pretty decently overnight. But do they have the staying power to hang in for the rest of the day? Talking about that more with our friend John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. That's next.
0: This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Goodman's Jewelers has been providing a
2: sparkle to Madison since 1933. That's a lot of great memories. John Hayes for Goodman's Jewelers. We've been caring for generations of customers, and during that time our strengths have been trust, service, and selection. Those traits are who we are, and that will never change. Goodman's Jewelers, a destination worth reaching. 220 State Street, Goodman'sJewelers.com. The best is at
0: Goodman's.
6: A good friend might tell you that your shoe's untied or, hey, you've got a bit of breakfast on the corner of your mouth. Well, a good friend will also share valuable insights about the scoop on money and energy savings. Like Benjamin Plumbing and their game-changing electric hybrid water heaters. Potential savings of up to three to four times a conventional water heater with current tax incentives up to $2,000. Benjamin Plumbing's electric hybrid water heaters go beyond being just a water heater. It acts as a dehumidifier for your basement, kicking musty odors, mold, and excess moisture to the curb. Eco-friendly and efficient, these electric hybrid water heaters will leave your wallet and our environment completely satisfied.
7: Hi, Dale Benjamin with Benjamin Plumbing. When we say your plumbing problem is fixed, we mean it. No excuses, I guarantee it. Contact Benjamin Plumbing at benjaminplumbing.com.
9: Now you've got a friend in the plumbing business.
7: Benjamin Plumbing.
9: Tons of glass artists share the same passion for eye-catching art as Ignite Glass and Gifts, so we're showcasing their work alongside our talented local artists and our in-house Ignite artists. The latest techniques, the hottest colors, and mind-blowing designs are here for you to enjoy. Madison's favorite for glass, gifts, and vape. Ignite Glass and Gifts. Monona Drive, Williamson Street, and Odana Road. Plus igniteglassandgifts.com. Do your eyes a favor and see this stuff.
0: Pam is the name. Farm speak is the game. This is the Midwest Farm Report with Pam Youngke. Always
1: want to remind you, if you hear anything here on uh, the show that you want to follow up on or you want to get daily e-newsletters, you can start that all off at MidwestFarmReport.com. This morning we start off with a conversation here with John Heinberg, Market Advisor, Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us this morning. Always want to remind you, if you ever want to reach out to John, you can do that. You can give him a call, 800 334-9779 Three three four ninety seven seventy nine on their website, totalfarmmarketing.com. Everybody's talking about the weather, John. The Wisconsin is kind of marveling at what we're dealing with today. It looks like the marketplace is talking about weather too, not necessarily Wisconsin's, though.
10: Yeah, that's one of the things we saw come into the marketplace here yesterday and help turn things around mainly and started in that wheat market, the KC wheat belt or the hard red winter wheat belt down down in the Southern Plains. Obviously, they've been still dealing with some dryness issues uh, in some of those areas. And now we're looking at some temperature extremes here over the next handful of days. I'm just actually looking at a weather map right now. Today, it's supposed to be in the 80s in Kansas, but right behind it is 30s and 40s. And we see our forecast here, you know, does that cause some shock to the crop and that they're throwing a little bit of weather premium into this market at this time frame. You know, as depressed as these markets have been, there's minimal weather premium at all in terms of the price. And with the window where we're at, this might be a spot, like I said, we see a little bit of money flow into those markets, even though those are sometimes very limited rallies and they turn into opportunities, maybe they get some sales in more than anything, uh, because a lot of times those, you know, that weather premium will leave as fast as it can come in.
1: Oh, yeah, exactly. Now, just because I'm You know they're out there. Have you heard or do you have any insights into spring planting farther south?
10: Um, Obviously, some areas are starting to get moving down there in terms of the cotton planting and then starting in maybe some of the early season corn in the southern states, you know, and and, uh, just even talking to guys around here in the Midwest, you know, with this warm weather and and things of that nature, (laughs) people are getting a little itchy already to get some things done in terms of maybe even some anhydrous coming on or getting some more tillage done that they didn't get done over the fall, Uh, things of that nature. I'm hearing those chatters out there. So, you know, realistically, a warm, dry, dry, spring as much as it's great for producers getting things going, getting stuff in the ground it, you know, might not be one of those things that's going to help prices at all because this market will start feeling like, hey, we got a big supply out there, we got big supplies coming and we're rolling early and that usually doesn't do well in terms of uh, price support in those that time frame. So that could be one of those headwinds over the spring if this weather does continue to stay friendly.
1: Absolutely. John Heinberg, Market Advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend, joining us live this morning. As I mentioned earlier their website, TotalFarmMarketing.com And John himself able to be reached 800-334-9779. It's not just our weather. What's shaking in South America these days, John?
10: Well, we got again, talk about weather premium, and we're just still trying to get a good grasp on how big this soybean crop is out of Brazil. It obviously is damaged. Again, we still see some estimates coming down, you know, around that 145 to 150 million metric ton level. In fact, another exchange analyst group lowered their estimates a couple uh, tons again yesterday afternoon. And we're starting to hear maybe some pattern changes. Again, these are long range forecasts, sometimes they're not worth the paper they're written on, but maybe we have a chance that we see some of that dryness come back into central Brazil as well as southern parts of Argentina and that could limit some of the production as we move into the spring. so that's going to be something we need to watch. and again we got a market that has zero weather premium in and that may be some of the factor that we're starting to see maybe getting flow a little bit of money back into this market, especially again given how oversold we are with those funds hitting record short positions in the corn market here this last week in terms of their selling pressure.
1: Right. And again, the fundamentals something we can't take our eye off of. It may not be part of our daily conversation. But again, explain for the audience why it's important to keep an eye on where money is flowing, John
10: you know, a lot of times the markets move on what we call sentiment and feelings. And if the market is starting to feel like, hey, all of a sudden things could be starting to tighten up, we'll see money flow into that market on the buying side of things. You know, you go look at the cattle market and the strength that it has. I I truly think the headlines that are out there about, you know, lowest cattle crop in 73 years brings investor money into that market based on those fundamentals and the feeling that, hey, this market's tight on supplies and we're going to continue to see strength. On the other side, we've been watching the grain really just get pummeled here. Basically, the month of February, we've had, counting yesterday, four days hiring the corn market. You know, again, the the growing supplies, the concerns on demand, the negative feelings overall. And it was just easy for money to push this thing lower as we put these new contract lows in on a daily basis till yesterday.
1: Yeah. And the overall tone in the marketplace, whether it's commodities or anything else, is a little on the tentative side, isn't it?
10: Very much so. The economy, the inflation side of things, those are all things that are going to continue to be watched closely. You know, if we get back into a little bit more of an inflationary environment, that's supportive of commodities. If inflation continues to stay under control and how the Fed handles the money flow, you know, that could continue to put pressure on commodity prices. You know, it's not not a, a common or it's just a very... Coincidence, you know, as interest rates are starting to settle down and inflation settle down, commodity prices settle down. So those two are kind of tied hand in hand as we move forward. And that'll be something we got to keep an eye on all the way through till the end of the
1: year. Friday, we've got a cattle on feed report. You alluded to the headlines that everybody suddenly is jumping on, even though we've been talking for a while about tight cattle supplies. You think the run's still going to continue?
10: I still like the way the money's moving into the market. I like the strength in the retail values. Choice carcasses back over $300 again yesterday at the the midday numbers. Just tells us there's still solid demand, and supplies are a little bit tight here. You know, the packer's going to probably slow the chains down again to get these weights up a little so they get more product in the cooler. But at this time frame, the way the arrows are still pointing, like this cattle market, may have some more upside in it, but I am still very, very cautious with my cattle producers about making sure we got a floor here because the cattle market can move extremely quickly when things want to turn over.
1: Yeah, don't look at gift horse in the mouth, hey?
10: Understand value and when the prices are there for you.
1: Yeah, good deal. All right, my friend, sounds good. We'll catch up with you next week. Maybe have a chance to uh, take another look back at the Catalan Feed Report this Friday, okay?
10: Sounds very good. Have a great week.
1: John Heinberg, market advisor with Total Farm Marketing out of West Bend. He joins us live every Tuesday morning to make sure you know what's going on in the marketplace uh, before you kind of get engaged in the conversation and like he said, he's always open if you're talking risk management or you want to figure out what your position needs to be. He's happy to help you. It doesn't matter how many acres you've got. TotalFarmMarketing.com is the website. The toll-free number for John is 800-334-9779 800-334-9779 or John H at TotalFarmMarketing.com. We're glad to have his advice rolling into a Tuesday session. Now, coming up tomorrow... Auctions—they are a plenty at this time of the year, all across not just Wisconsin but the United States. We are going to be visiting with Ashley Hewen from the Steffes Group, talking about inflation, talking about interest rates, and the overall you know concern in the marketplace. Is that impacting our auction prices, especially for things like farm equipment? We'll find out what Ashley has to say about that. Don't forget, more available now, MidwestFarmReport.com.
0: This is the Midwest Farm Report with.